Well, thank you, Amy, and thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight on a, on a stormy Wednesday night. It could be exciting if there's severe weather behind us as we continue our time here tonight. That would be fun. Well, tonight, as we continue our study here in Ecclesiastes, right, it, the emphasis is on time. Time and seasons are inescapable. In order to live life with wisdom in this world, we have to come to grips with time. Because really, time rules over every aspect of existence of our lives. There is nothing that isn't run by time. There is a clicking, a ticking clock over everything. From work to sports to just all of life, there is a clock running. There are times and there are seasons. We either feel like we have too much time or we have too little time. Time marches on day after day week after week, month after month, year after year, season after season. None of us can escape time. None of us can escape the seasons that God has given. And so the wise person right, recognizes this, recognizes the, the realities of time, recognizes the reality of seasons. The fool doesn't. Ecclesiastes and Proverbs really gives a lot of emphasis to, uh, to seasons and times and to farming. Right? For, for those who are closer to growing things or under, have a greater understanding of how this is and how this works, there are times and there are seasons. Right? There are times for planting, and if you miss your window to plant, you're going to have a really terrible harvest. If you miss your harvest, you're going to have a terrible winter. There are seasons. The fool disregards the seasons, doesn't care, and doesn't notice. The wise understand the times that they live in and do the work that has been called by those seasons. There are different seasons, and there are different work that goes along with each season. The passage that Amy read for us tonight, right, with all the different seasons that were laid out. Let me go back a slide. Sorry, our clicker isn't working tonight. Right, like the, the author is really descriptive, very poetically descriptive of all the seasons. It's not prescriptive. He's not prescribing the seasons, as in like these are the seasons you should seek, that we should all look for these seasons or move into these seasons, but rather is describing all of the seasons that humanity is going to experience. These are the seasons of life that we're all going to find ourselves in at various times. We don't get to choose the season that we enter into or that we're in. Rather, the seasons and the times change with or without our permission. Every season is different, and every season of life demands different things from us. And as we look through, the author of Ecclesiastes breaks down these seasons into two big groups, right? The kind of what could be called the good and the bad, or the hard and the more uplifting, the more dispiriting, and the more you know, exciting seasons. But these two that he wants to kind of keep going back and forth between. Anyways, we see these, on the one hand, there's, there's half of the seasons that seem really positive and half of the seasons that seem negative or, or hard. Times of birth, times of planting, times of healing, times of building and laughing, of dancing, gathering, embracing, times for seeking things, for keeping things, times where we sew things together, where we speak to one another, where there's love, seasons of peace. And then 
as the author has done throughout Ecclesiastes, is true wisdom also showing that for every season that seems positive, there's also negative seasons. There are times and there are seasons of death, seasons of uprooting, seasons of killing, of breaking things down, seasons of weeping, seasons for mourning, for throwing away, seasons when we can't embrace the people that we want to, seasons of loss, of harm, of tearing apart, of being forced to be silent, of hate, and of war. That we have these seasons of life, seasons of existence, and for each season, they affect the way that we live, depending on what season you find yourself in. And all of these seasons are going to have these effects on us, and they're going to affect our lives in very particular and direct ways, and especially when it comes to the very gifts that God has given us for enjoyment. Through Ecclesiastes, we've been talking about this, like three main gifts the author of Ecclesiastes says God gives us to enjoy. Relationships with loved ones, the people that we love. There's nothing better than to enjoy life with the ones that you love. It is a gift from God to have relationship, to have family. The season of life you're in affects that. It'll affect your relational life. Work is a blessing and a gift from the Lord. The work that God has given, there's nothing better than to enjoy your work and to toil. There will be seasons of life, there will be seasons of work. The season you find yourself in is also going to affect work. There will be times where the seasons affect our possessions, food and drink, and our ability to enjoy our lives with the things that we have. Right? These are also affected by the various seasons. In relationships, there's going to be times and seasons of building relationships. There's going to be times in relationships where we are going to be knitting together into a family. There's going to be times for enjoying. And there's also going to be times in our relationships when we're going to lose. We're going to lose each other. There'll be great loss and mourning of being abandoned and forgotten. Within work, we're going to go through seasons of great fruitfulness and of building and excitement And we're also going to go through times in work of great frustrations and of tearing down and not knowing what will come next. With our possessions, we're going to go through the seasons of having much and being generous. And we're going to have seasons, though, of loss and times of want when it comes to our abilities to enjoy the gifts that God has given. There will be times and seasons when all of these things will be going well when it comes to relationships, work, and our possessions, and then there will be seasons where we will not be going well, where we will not have everything that we wanted or hoped for when it came to relationships, work, and possessions. The author wants the reader, on the one hand, to see and to come to grips with just the reality of time and seasons, right? There are seasons. We need to wake up and recognize the season that we're in, and do the work that's necessary for that season. Right? The author really wants us to get to that place of seeing the reality of life. Right? There are seasons, and each season has a different response that's required from us. That we're to live appropriately for the time that we find ourselves. And to prepare, prepare the reader as well for this reality. If there are seasons like this, if this is the cycle of life, if we're all going to go through these seasons, then one, right, we're to recognize and do the work that's required of us in the season we're in, but also to prepare ourselves for the seasons that will be to come, that no season is eternal, 
and that more seasons are coming. This one is just temporary. And the second thing that the author really wants us to see then, and this goes into that next paragraph, right? But the first is to really just recognize and to see the reality of the seasons. Wake up, right? Winter is coming. This is spring. Do the work that spring requires. You know, like you have to recognize the time that you've been given and do the work that's required of it. But the second reality he really wants us to point to is that while we don't know and we can't predict the seasons, we can't control it. I can't control what season I'm in. I can't control what season comes next. But God is over the seasons. And there's this orientation to these eternal questions and the fear of the Lord then. Right? We've talked about that, that section of chapter 3 already, but of this, like, God has put eternity into our hearts, and we long to know the seasons, and we would love to know the answers to everything in life. Like, why am I in the season that I'm in, and why has it lasted as long as it's lasted? Why can't I not have that other season? What, when will this come? How is this all going to work out? I mean, we, just, we long to know those things, but we can't. But then the author directs us, though, to this truth of God that he knows the seasons, and this reality and truth that God has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything. Everything has been made beautiful, which is a hard truth to accept, but it means that even the hard seasons, even the hard seasons are made beautiful. That there's this work of redemption that God is doing in all things, in every time of life, in every season of life, everything is made beautiful somehow, some way, Everything will become beautiful through this redemptive work of God. So what does that produce in us then? Right, the reader of Ecclesiastes is really supposed to respond to this wisdom. Right, so how are we supposed to respond? What is, the, what is this supposed to produce? Why does the author tell us this reality? This reality that there are seasons of life. Just that, that alone is a huge just truth of wisdom. There are seasons and God is over them and redeeming the seasons. So what does that produce to know these things, to understand this thing? Well, the author of Ecclesiastes then is calling us, as throughout the rest of the book, to be a people of God who live a particular type of life that really reflects trusting him and honoring the time that you've been given, to live wise lives. If we know this, if we know that there are going to be seasons and half of the seasons are good, and half of the seasons are bad. If we know this, it helps us to live wise lives now. Lives where we can trust the Lord, and we can honor the season that we find ourselves in. Right, and this is going to look very practical in a lot of levels. Right? There, there has to be this realization of where we're at, and it's going to affect, like we were talking about, the three areas or these three gifts of God. Living in this way is going to look particular, and it's going to shape the way you're going to live relationally. We live relationally with each other based on the season that we're in. It's going to affect the way we're going to work, depending on the season that we find ourselves in. And it's going to affect the way that we treat our possessions, depending on the season that we find ourselves in. Right? I mean, right, we don't have to think hard on this one. I mean, if you are young and single, okay, that's your season. And there, are, there is work to be done when you are young and single that you do not want to neglect to prepare yourself for the next seasons of life that are to come. And who knows what season is coming for you, but this season you're in, you're to work. If you are married but young without children, okay. Right? How many parents with children look back at those years and say, oh man, what I have, 
oh, I should have been preparing for... Like, we're all going to find ourselves in these types of seasons relationally when it comes to marriage, when it comes to finding ourselves divorced, single, abandoned, whatever it is, right? We are in a season. It could be a good relational season. It could be a bad relational season. But we're in that season, and within that season, there is work that God is doing in us and the work that we need to be, do- need to be done because of the season that we're in, honoring that season. With work... All of us find ourselves in various stages of life and in different seasons within our works. Some of us are looking for work. Some of us have found work. Some of us right, are in a frustrating time of work. Some of us have retired from our main work, but certainly have other work in our life. Like We, we, we all have work, but the work is going to look different and it's going to be representative of the season of life that we find ourselves in as well. Right? So we're called to work, the work of the church. House churches go through seasons, churches go through seasons, communities go through seasons, and there's work to be done depending on the season that you find yourself in. And then with our possessions as well, right? We understand and know this too. There are times for saving, there are times for giving. There will be times of generosity, and there'll be times when we're going to be asking for help, right? Everything and everyone goes through seasons, which produces in us then this ability to show empathy and love towards others, that they may be in a different season than I'm in, this community may be in a different season than what that community is in, but this understanding that everything goes through a season. And there's work to be done based on the season that you find yourself, to do the work appropriate for the season because that next season is coming. Relate appropriately to people in their seasons Right, not just yours. Right, like this, this would this calling to us is to recognize seasons. So we recognize them for ourselves that we have seasons of life that we have to honor, and that God is doing something particular in at this point at this season in my life. But also to recognize that God is doing something particular in other people's lives and have seasons of life for them as well. It produces then, as a people of God, contentment and joy, which is what all of Ecclesiastes has been calling us to. There is a contentment and a joy that no matter what season of life we're in, God is working. We can trust God, and we can work hard, toil. He said, right, there's nothing better than to do the toil, the work that God has given us to do. We work in whatever season we find ourselves, trusting and waiting for the beauty of redemption. The seasons change. Every season of life changes. God is in control, and he's redeeming all things. So the author of Ecclesiastes is calling us as a people then to be wise, to fear the Lord, and to honor the season that you find yourself in, whatever it may be. Now, the problem with wisdom in general is that we don't follow it. We hear it, and we believe it, but we do not live in wisdom. And when it comes to this in particular, we can hear this, truth and the reality that there are seasons of life, but the reality is we are really bad at telling the time and telling the seasons. We just don't know. We need this, this, this wisdom that Ecclesiastes is trying to give us is desperately needed by us today, by the church, by Western society and culture. Like I said, those who maybe live more agricultural may get this a little easier. <laughs> those of us who don't, we think we do, but we just, we're not good at noticing the seasons change. We're not good at recognizing the times that God has given. In fact, 
we prefer that the seasons don't change at all. We would prefer that seasons just keep on going. We hold on, right, if we're honest with ourselves, all of us do this. We hold on to good seasons too long. And we avoid the work that's needed in a hard season, eager for that hard season to go away. Now, one reason for this, I think one reason we have a really hard time with the seasons, with holding on to good ones and avoiding hard ones, I mean, it's really, if we're, if we're honest, and especially, you know, we're products of our culture, I mean, our Western culture, we just have an insatiable desire for comfort. We really, really want to be comfortable. <laughs> um, and so, with that desire for comfort, we really do just want one season of life to be our entire life. Like a, a middle-class season would be great, where there's some hardship, but not too much hardship, and there's some good stuff, but not too much good stuff, but just a middle-road life that's just kind of got some ups and downs, but it's generally, like, I just want to be middle-class in all aspects of my life, right? Like, we're, as a culture, we're obsessed with middle-class as the ideal of everything. And that's true when it comes to suffering. It's true when it comes to these seasons of life. We know there's ups and downs. We just want our ups and downs to be kind of general and easy. And so we try to insulate ourselves then from the changing seasons so they don't affect us as much because we're, we're afraid of them. We don't want to have the seasons change on us, so we insulate ourselves and we try to make it so that we don't notice. <laughs> so it makes it hard then for us to even tell what season we're in, right? Because like, that's what's actually hard about this for a lot of us. It's like, well, what season am I in? Whoa, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with me that I can't even tell the seasons, Right? Perhaps I have, right, I'm too insulated. We want our air conditioning on in the summer, and I want my heat in the winter. I want to be able to just pretend I'm in a different season if I don't like the season that's outside, right? And it's created us being numb to the changes around us. I mean, we don't recognize maybe we're in, we should be even weeping or mourning. We don't recognize we should be laughing or dancing, right? We don't even notice the changes, I think the other reason, one is, right, just our cultural comforts and numbness, but I think the bigger issue probably that keeps us from being able to recognize and appreciate, honor God in the seasons is really that we want to know how everything is going to work out, right? Just like the author of Ecclesiastes said, like, God has put the eternity into the hearts of man, and that is frustrating. I wish I knew. I want to know what season's next, I want to know how this season ends. I want to know what comes after the next season. I want to know why I'm in the season I'm in. And I want to know what it is that God is doing with this season. And I want to know if it's going to be worth it on the other end. Right? I want to know what seasons are coming for my kids. I want to know what's coming for... I, I want to know everything. <laughs> and because I can't know everything, I get frustrated and I get fearful. So this frustration and fear causes us to want to avoid changing seasons. It makes us want to avoid at least half of the seasons because we know they're bad, and so we're afraid of them. So this frustration and fear then leads to impatience, and it leads to conflict when it comes to all of those areas of our life, back to, those, to the relationships, to our work, to our possessions. 
right? It produces this fear and uncertainty about the seasons or knowing what's next or what's coming produces then this speculation, constant speculating, constant thinking, can't get out of my head, worrying and thinking about what's next, trying to get to the bottom of things. What did I do to deserve this? What do I have to do to get out of this? What did they do to get into that? What do they have to do to get out of that? What is God doing in this? Well, what if I just do this? You know, it's just this speculating, speculating, thinking and thinking and thinking. It leads us to a position of judgment with others where we think we know why people are in the seasons of life that they're in, and it's usually because of their sin, right? And we can come up with solutions for how they can get out of those seasons, and we, you know, this, this easy to pass judgment over each other, and that see, you've been in this season too long, and you really need to move out of it and go to that season, and you know, it's, it's easy to sit back in judgment and be impatient with people, wishing that they were in a different season that matched our season. Or we sit back and we just are in, we have envy of people, and their seasons. We wish that we were in their season because we're discontent with the season that we're in. I wish I had what they had. I wish my work life was like that work life. I wish my family life was like that family's life. Uh, I wish I was in that season. I'm discontent with the season that I'm in right now. We bring all of these things then to our relationships, to our work, to our possessions, and it produces conflict. We bring our expectations, and we experience disappointments relationally uh, and in work and in all things. We don't, instead of showing that love and empathy that we're called to towards one another, we show judgment and envy. We don't acknowledge the seasons of life we have, nor do we acknowledge the seasons of life that others find themselves in. We don't recognize the season, nor do we do the work required in it, because we occupy ourselves with this endless speculation, judgment, and envy. So instead of experiencing contentment and working hard, which is what Ecclesiastes is calling us to, right, to just be content, find contentment in whatever your lot, whatever your season, and work. Instead of that, we often just spend our time grumbling and complaining, refusing to do the work that the season requires, and we put unrealistic expectations on others, and we lose patience, and we get angry. And we're robbed, then, of the joy and the contentment that comes from embracing the seasons. The very thing that God gave us to do, right, we end up not being able to do because of our sin. So what do we do about all this, right? How do we get to a place where we can really trust God in the midst of the seasons of life, where we can be honest with ourselves and honest with our life and honest with the seasons that we have and have hope. Well, in the biblical answer, right, through Ecclesiastes and through all scripture is this idea of hope, having hope, this hope of future glory of all things being made beautiful. The author of Ecclesiastes gives us, tells us I mean, how we're going to find contentment in whatever season of life we find ourselves, and it's this hope of future glory. Uh, Tim Keller, I think this was in a sermon I heard him say just this like point of like, we always underestimate the influence of the future, thinking of the, our idea of the future has on our present life, like always underestimate it. Like if you want to think about like what changes someone, how do we change the perspective of our life right now? Well, what do you think is actually going to happen in the future? Right? We underestimate how much that affects how you live right now, thinking about what's going to come in the future. 
You know, and he gives the analogy then in his book, uh, Every Good Endeavor, of, you know, two jobs to show this, right? Like where you have, maybe some of you know this analogy he gives. So, you, know, you have two, two people doing the same menial job. It's a really boring, simple job where you just go into work. It's not necessarily physically demanding, but you go in and you do the same thing every day. It's not very hard, but you just have to do this thing over and over every single day. That's your job. Two people, exact same job. One person is getting paid $15,000 a year to do that job. One person is getting paid $15 million a year to do that same job. They both approach life very differently every day. They speak of that job very differently. One goes into work with a chip on their shoulder and can't believe they have to do this job every day. The other can't believe they get to do this job every day as <laughs> they get paid this much for this work. Right, the way and the circumstances are exactly the same, right? But knowing that payday, having a picture of what's to come, one this incredible payment that's coming gives such hope and encourage you. Skip in your step every day at this job. You will not miss a day of work because of the joy that this job now provides for you, and has nothing to do with the work. Your circumstances haven't changed, right? Where the other person will come into work grumbling and complaining and envious of others and wish they had a different job every day. But the job is the same. Like, what you think is coming, what you think the future holds for you, affects the way that you're going to live right now. It affects the way that you're able to handle the season of life that you're in. Right? The problem and the promise of Ecclesiastes, right, is that we can't know the future, but we do know God. And so I don't know everything. I don't know how long the season is for me. I don't know what season is coming next. I don't know which season I'm going to enter into. I don't know what season our country is entering into. I don't know what season, right? We just don't know. We can't control the seasons. But I do know God. And I do know that God cares for me. I do know that God loves us. I do know that God is going to bring judgment. And in his love, he's going to make everything beautiful. Everything every season. And because of Jesus Christ, for Ecclesiastes, the author of Ecclesiastes, is just, it's a hope, which is a solid hope that everything is going to be made beautiful. But for those of us now, I mean, because of Jesus, it's a certain hope. It's not just an abstract hope of future glory. We have a certain hope of future glory, a future where everything will become beautiful. Because God was a real man who really suffered and went through Every season of life. I mean, Jesus hit all of these, experienced every single one of the seasons, who really died and who really rose from the dead as a guarantee of what awaits us this future glory, this resurrection, everything made beautiful, Jesus made beautiful, but also Jesus made beautiful with scars. Right? A little side, right? I mean, everyone who saw him when he rose spoke of this, right? He still had the scars. He still had the holes in his hands, right? The hard seasons get redeemed. They don't just go away, though, right? Not forgotten, but redeemed and made beautiful. Everything, everything will be made beautiful. An eternity of joy and love where there's no more day, there's no more night, there's no more time driving us, no more seasons where we don't know what's coming next. An eternity of beauty. A secure and paid-for eternity that awaits us. And it's 
guaranteed because of the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is this paid-in-full receipt guarantee that that is what's going to come because Jesus rose from the dead. That's the future that awaits us. So now what does that do for us? Right? If we really meditate and believe that that's our future, everything is going to be made beautiful. That Jesus has redeemed us and is redeeming us and is going to make us beautiful and new. And there is an eternity waiting for us of joy and love with him forever. Right? If we really believe that and hold on to that truth, right? now we live without fear in whatever seasons of life that we find ourselves. We have nothing to fear because we know that whatever we go through, even if it's all the 20 bad ones, the hard seasons, Jesus has redeemed it, and our ending is still going to be beautiful. We can now live lives that are open and honest, that are trusting and content, lives where we can rejoice in trials of various kinds, lives where we can be present and understanding with people who are in different seasons. We don't have to fix everybody. We don't have to try to fix people's seasons. We can just be present with them in whatever season they find themselves into because we don't have to be afraid. So for many of us, right, some of us, we need to wake up and see seasons. We've lived too isolated, too comfortable of lives, and we need to recognize that the season of life that you're in may have changed. And that's why you're grumbling and complaining. And instead of grumbling and complaining and trying to change the season, you may need to just trust the Lord and do the work that he's called you to do at this stage of your life. Are there comforts that are prohibiting you from feeling the seasons and showing love and empathy to others? Are you holding on to seasons too long out of fear? This is a lot of us. We really have enjoyed certain seasons of life, and we don't want to lose them. And so we hold on tightly. I mean, how foolish is that, though, right? A farmer trying to hold on to a season. You can't. The season is going to change, whether you want it to or not. Are you prepared for that? Are you ready for those changing seasons of life? Are you avoiding the hard work that you need to do in the hard season you find yourself? And this is a lot of us as well. You may find yourself in a hard season right now, a season where you wish it wasn't the case that you're in this place, but are you distracting and medicating yourself, or are you doing the work that's required of this season of your life? Stop speculating, stop passing judgment and envying others, stop distracting and medicating yourself, be honest, ask for wisdom, and remind yourself of the glory that awaits and worship God in the midst of our season. Let me pray.